When I see you, my heart starts racing But I don't know if I like this chasing And playing and waiting around It's a shame that my hands start shaking Today is April 9th, 2021, Friday in the octave of Easter, and we are live from Slante, I hope I say that right, Slantia, Slantia Public House in Georgetown, Kentucky, and this is Deacon's Discussions Drinks. When you don't have to, there's so much that I'm still keeping to myself, cause you don't listen, babe, but still you got me. When I see you, my heart starts racing, but I don't know if I like this chasing and playing and waiting around. It's a shame that my hands start shaking all of the time when you're around me. But this time, this time, girl, I know what's bothering me. I need somebody to love. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Triple D live from Slancha, Slancha Public House, also known as The Pub in Georgetown for what we know will be an exciting discussion. I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Deacon Dallas. Oh, 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 try it again. I'm Deacon Dallas. I'm Father Lynn Wynn. Hey, if you're joining us on Facebook or Utah, <laughs> please hit the like button, subscribe, the little bell on the bottom. It lets you get the, the notifications when we go live, so... And it also helps us get the word out about uh, what's going on. So we're live for the third time in our history outside of the studio, which is a little scary, I'll be honest, because uh, lots of stuff goes wrong. So, you know, we had planned to do this regularly, didn't we? Go, yes, go we on the road. But uh, what happened? Uh, COVID. COVID. COVID hit. So maybe next time. So anyway, how are you guys doing over there? Doing Super. Good. Super. Yeah. You, you said it was the octave of Easter. How many days is that? Octave. Eight. <laughs> Very good. Eight. That is impressed. <laughs> Give him a beer, please. <laughs> okay, I'll have a beer. So it's in the octave of Easter. It's the eighth day. Or it's not eighth day. Eighth day is actually the Monday following Easter. Is that right? Or does it, is it the Sunday following Easter? It is a Sunday. The word octave, the eighth day, very unique for the ancient tradition. Because eight point to each other. So actually, even though we have seven days in a week, but the eighth day five Bunker. I have a long tradition of that. Awesome. Octave, eight hey, days. Did we survive Holy Week? Yes. It actually went, I was telling several people that the uh, Easter Vigil, which is the longest of the Tridium, went the smoothest that it's ever went since Father Lynn's been here. <laughs> that, that was long. That was long, for sure. Hey, we got people coming in. Steve, was that your first vigil? Was it long? Was it long? <laughs> it was long. It wasn't the longest though. What's your longest? What's your record? Four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. So if that would have been twelve. Yeah, it was one o'clock. Twelve thirty or something like that. One o'clock. Oh, almost one o'clock. No. O'clock in the morning. That's that's a long time. Aren't you glad we didn't go that long, Steve? Yes. <laughs> I think we had about twenty-five coming in here. I had to take a day off on Monday from work. 
<laughs> I was worn out. I, was just, I, I did too. I know you did. <laughs> you were tired. We went fishing. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. Monday. Wasn't it? it was Monday. We went fishing Monday. What'd you do? Did you take off Monday? Me? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? I, I played guess. golf. You played I, golf. I shot a 77. 77. He was invited to fish, but uh, he turned his down. So you really shot a 77? I was it legit 77? 77? Legit 77. What'd you hit on the second night? A Griffin, a, a Griffin, <laughs> Lee, a Griffin Lee. It was tight. Yeah? Then I came back afterward, I have a neck pain. So I've been going to see doctor take care of my neck. What's the most uh, memorable part of Holy Week this year for you guys? For me? Yeah, for you. Oh, man. The flies. The flies. <laughs> of course, I don't know if everybody saw, could see that online. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, we had these. We had these microphones. The whole microphone was covered in flies. Yeah, it was nothing but black fly. Good. No, no, you you don't know until you do a Spanish mass. They multiply. Wow. And at one point, I was at preaching at the pulpit, so called, and I feel almost like a panic attack. It's almost like a movie invasion by flies <laughs> on top of you. Oh, that the experience. Wow. Oh, yeah. I was a lot of them. Wow, wow, uh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> mine was when we prostrate on Good Friday. I love that. It, that gets to me every year. Mine, mine was on Good Friday, too. It was carrying that freaking heavy cross from the parking lot. <laughs> All the way up to... We still need to weigh that. We always guess it, the weight, but uh, I'd like to weigh that, see it, what it actually weighs. It was a lot. 150? I have, I've got this bruise on my shoulder that's just like... <laughs> and I already had shoulder problems. You guys don't know that, but that, that is the number one assignment. I always allow our deacon to experience the burden, how Jesus felt. So as being a deacon, you have to have care that crucified the cross itself. <laughs> It's an experience, yeah. So Deacon John gave me some good words of advice on the on leading up to it. He says, "Oh, oh, 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 oh. have okay. fun, have fun with how that long cross. we how long we've been ordained? It'd be five years, right? Uh, you know um, how many times I've carried it? Zero, zero. You know how many times I've carried it? Five, five. <laughs> is that because why I'm? It work am out I the fit guy? Is that why? Is that the, is that the way that works out? Hey, if you're watching online, just so you know, if there's any issues, sorry about your luck. You should have been here live because we're actually <laughs> streaming through a little square box sitting on a stool over by the window. And so if it's choppy or if anything happens, you'll get the replay later on, but it's your own fault. So, and I see I get a text from my wife. It keeps cutting out. Sorry, you should have been here. <laughs> but we are recording it, so it'll, it'll buffer up too. So if you're, if you're watching it, hey, just wait a little bit. And let it buffer because it'll still catch up over time. So, anyway, hey, we're live here. We've got some guests with us tonight. Barbara and Eric Conklin. Did I say that right? Conklin. Yes. Do you do you like the emphasis on the K? Conklin or on the Conklin? No, I think just Conklin. Conklin. Did I, did I emphasize the K? Well, that sounds all right to me. Barbara and Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to have you. We're uh we're going to be talking about tonight that you guys are in charge of the the new, I'm going to call it new, you may not call it new, I'll, I'll call it new, the new marriage ministry. Is it new? Yeah, it's still kind of new, right? Pretty fresh increased. Thanks to COVID, it would be less new if it wasn't for COVID. Right. So, new is relative because, have we ever had one before? 
I started it. No, did yeah, we ever? Before have, that, even. before that, do we have anything before? Ever? No, no. So this is new, brand spanking new. We're uh, going to talk about what's involved in it. We're going to talk about what you think about it, where it's going to go, how it's going to work, all that stuff. But first, we want to find out about you all. So you all get to do your own introduction. So who wants to go first? Barbara, for sure. <laughs> so we talk long. I told you we talk long. We talk, you know, 10, ten minutes. So Okay. So that's now you're warmed up. Now it's... Yeah, what do you want to know? What do you want Just to Just a little bit about yeah. yourself, your faith journey. Pardon? Start at birth. You want to look at <laughs> start at, where were you if born? If you can remember that far. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I can't. That would I'll, be impressive. I always like to start, are you cradle Catholic? I am a cradle Catholic, yes. So you've been a Catholic your whole life. I have. And That's right. tell, me, tell me about where you were born then and what your home parish. So I was born in Columbus, Ohio, and lived in Marysville, Ohio, a small town outside of Columbus, and uh, grew up there. Got First Communion, Confirmation, all there in Marysville, Ohio, and uh, loved my faith growing up, a cradle Catholic, parents, grandparents, had a lot of experience um, in depth, I guess I would say, from uh, pre-Vatican kind of stuff from my grandma versus uh, the new uh, post-Vatican II situation with a really dynamic uh group, family group that my parents were involved in when I was really young. So I had a really engaged, I guess, Catholic growing up, but there was not a Catholic school around us, but I went to a Lutheran school. So it's really close. I just learned a lot about Luther versus not, <laughs> not so much about Mary, uh, which was fine. Uh, but so, so I had a lot of, um, a religious, I guess, uh, education and experience growing up. So so Catholic from the beginning, Eric, I'm, I, the answer to you that question is no. No, I was not. I, I grew up in a Presbyterian church in Ohio. So we actually went to the same high school, but I uh, I was from a smaller town called Ostrander, which nobody's heard of. Say it again. Ostrander. Oh. Ostrander. Unless you're, sounds- unless you're a golf fan, our only, our only claim to fame is we, we had a winner of the British Open back in 2003, maybe, Ben Curtis, who I played Little League with. I haven't talked to him in 25 years, 35 <laughs> years, but... That's our claim to fame. Uh, but yeah, I grew up growing to Presbyterian church with my, my family and grandparents. We have a very small rural church. Maybe you know, average attendance was 30 people on a Sunday. So That's pretty small. Very small. Yeah, how big was your parish? Big oh, parish? I have no idea. Don't a couple, remember. a few hundred? Yeah, Smaller than St. John, I would say, but yeah, not that's, much. That's now it's we're considered small. Aren't we? yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. larger than St. John now, though. Right? Now it is, yeah. Now y'all went to the same high school. Was you same grade or a couple no, of years? No, I'm a year older. Good one. That's a good Anyone? one. That's, you, you did well. Because, you know, well, we'll ask you, you know, eventually, how, we're, and we're not trying to get to your age when we ask these <laughs> questions, but we'll ask the question like, how long you been married? You know, when did you get married? What, what year did you graduate? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty easy. That's right. the root of it. So, so you guys, both from Ohio, met in high school. No. no. Went to the same high school, but never met. How's that Correct. possible? Was it? Was who was too cool for who? Uh, neither. We just... Uh, what a thousand kids in our high school? So not a small, not I mean not like Scott County, but sizable. And I don't know why we didn't meet. Different circles of friends, you know, yeah. different age group, different circles of friends. No, I knew who he was. You know, I, I could. I was point an athlete. Out. She was the choir chick. Barbara, <laughs> quiet chick. That's how. That's all, the only reason I knew who she was. Oh, there you go, Father. You got somebody that can sing. Oh, I've tried to tell her for years she should sing, but she's an excellent singer, by the way. She, oh, I know. She that. won't claim it. I know that. Moving on. Where'd you play? I mean, sports in high school. What'd uh, you play? In high school, I just played uh, football, baseball my freshman year, but and played basketball growing up too. I, I, 
I mean, I wasn't the quintessential jock or the cool kid by any means either. Just that I, I knew her from the choir because she had long blonde hair, beautiful girl singing in the choir with a beautiful voice. So that's how I knew she was, but we never Good actually job, just had honey. the... Good job, <laughs> No, I, I tell that story all the time, but I, I, I don't know. We never had the occasion to meet, I don't think. No. That's one of the first lessons of marriage that we just witnessed just then. Him just talking, Garrick just talking about how he remembered you. I mean, just excellent, excellent, excellent. So, went to high school, didn't really meet in high school. So, when when did y'all meet? How did how did this relationship relationship blossom into? You take the next step or me? No, you go ahead. You're good at the story. I'm good at the story. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll let her. She can talk about the marriage ministry, and I'll just talk about us. The so fun stuff. Um, so the next time we interacted would have been good friends of ours got married and we were both in the wedding party, uh, which would have been what year that was. Doesn't matter. 2000, roughly, year after I graduated college. You're giving her age away. Oh, I don't care. Um, and so we actually escorted each other down the aisle in their wedding, which sounds like a really good romance story, right? Except for we were both dating somebody else. And so we, <laughs> I'm, I, I distinctly remembered it and talking to my friends who were in the wedding party about how lucky I was that I got to escort her down the aisle. But we were both in relationships with other people at that time. So we never, never uh, made a connection there, I guess. So that you all met at a wedding. Wow. I'm seeing a recurring motif happening tonight. <laughs> no, we're then we about re-met. About? At the wedding, did you know you went to the same high school? I mean, yeah, yes, you yeah, remember. Yeah. 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 But the better part is when we met when again. We, Really met, yeah. Is in our relationship start, yeah. Well, there was one time before that. Yeah, it's mine. There was a graduation really, party. Really, Matt? What is? I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, when really our relationship started. So, <laughs> ironically enough, now that we're in Kentucky, we we met at a Kentucky Derby party <clears throat> in Louisville. But you were living in Ohio at the time. She was. I was. I still living with them? No, I think I was living in Ohio. I, I had friends I lived with for six months when I trained for my first job out of college uh, in Louisville. And then I, I think I'd move back to Ohio. These at that are the point. same friends that we walked on their marriage. Yeah, the same we friend, were in yeah. their wedding. Yeah. Same couple. And, uh, and and they're still still married, I hope. They're not. No. Oh. Uh, hold on. I think <laughs> I might have a sound effect for that. Uh, yeah. There is a sound effect for that. Oh, I got to turn it up, though. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, Kentucky Derby party, and we actually went to the infield of the Derby that day, and we just kind of hit it off. They didn't hang out all day, and. Started talking, and then I, I called her. But it's been a long time since I've been single, obviously. But you know, there's supposed to be a rule you wait a certain number of days. So I called her like, <laughs> like we saw each other Sunday after the derby. I called her like Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. I mean, there's rule, there's rules for when you call people, supposedly. Did you know that? Unwritten, but did you know that? It's unwritten rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. I didn't know well, that because I just think I remember telling myself I needed to wait longer. Like, you don't want to look too anxious, right. But I, I couldn't wait any longer. I called her and asked her out for the next, I think the next weekend. And yeah. she said no because you were too anxious. No, no. <laughs> no, she said yes. He's pushing. <laughs> I can't believe he's calling. It's only been 48 hours. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you, the rest is history, huh? The rest is history, yeah. yeah. So you all dated through? Uh, that was after college. That was after college. Yeah. So you, so you what, dated uh, about a little less than two years, I guess? Yes. Before we got married? So it took you a while to work up to that two years, a long time. Well, we took a little break in there too. I was going through some, my parents were actually getting divorced at the time. So we took a break and all of this kind of feeds into the story of all of this. You'll, you'll hear it later. So, uh, yeah, we did take us a break cause I needed some time. And then we, I realized I was mistaken in needing that time and I, I needed him more. Bam. Yeah, that well, good. that make you feel good. good. Does oh, that yeah. make, that make you feel good? Makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's uh, let's just talk. Let's just jump into it. Let's let's talk about the marriage ministry. And y'all can weave in your story anytime you feel like it's it's relevant. You know, uh, Bows has been married a long time too. How long you been married? Thirty nine years. Thirty nine years. It's just thirty for me. Just a, my, Steve's been married. How long you been married back here, Steve? Twenty two. He's he's a novice, but he has he has triplets. So. He's on his path to sainthood. That's a better man than me. <laughs> that makes it like exponential years or something, right? Dog years, right, yeah. Steve? <laughs> so, no, you take him times three. So he's been married 66 years. Right. <laughs> so we, we, we've got this marriage ministry that you guys were working on when COVID hit. Just like everything else that happens with COVID, things got stopped and COVID had to start, start over. And I know you've, Dallas and I have actually been talking to you about it as well. But go ahead and tell us. What is the marriage ministry? It's an evolving thing right now, but to how it got started, I, Father Lynn, I, I went to him, I guess it would have been the fall of 2019. And uh, I said, Father, you know, I feel like something is missing. Eric and I went through this incredible experience with another church group, uh, not from St. John's, from a different church. In fact, the part of the reason we're here at Slancha, the public house, is because Matt and Ashley Nunn, the owners and proprietors here, were the people that got us involved in that group. And uh, it was an incredible experience for us to go to this couples camp, and then we started a small group with multiple couples that would get together once a week and talk about some spirituality things, as well as um, things that you're dealing with as married couples, and how to kind of build on that, and how God can be a part of that, and how to increase your faith and work together as couples. And we just loved it and really got close to those couples and thought, why do we not have something like this at St. John's? I just started doing research. Couldn't find anything Catholic anywhere, really, that was kind of similar to what we were looking for. So I met with Father Lynn. He's like, yes, we need this because when people come to me, it's too late. And he said, here's... You said yes? He yes. said, we need to do this. <laughs> Always so, say yes. Not, not, as long as you don't have to. Us. Yeah, you tell us no all the time, but you, when you say yes when you don't have to do anything. No. No. It has to be grounded. Grounded. So he said yes. He did. It was, and you made it sound like it was a very emphatic yes. Oh, it was emphatic. It yeah. was very emphatic. And he honestly, right then and there, he came, he came up with other couples because I said, I can't do this by myself. I'm happy. I'm happy to kind of get it started. Eric is very supportive. I think we'll, you know, we can initiate this, but we need help. And I think it'd be better to have a variety of ages and, you know, some multiple uh, different types of personalities. And he's like, okay, here you go. Todd and Karen Edwards are new to the parish. They want to get involved. They're right here. Hey, Todd and Karen. Thanks there for coming. There they are. <laughs> and he said they want to be involved. Get them involved. How about, you know, here's Harry and Ann Dad, solid couple, older. They have some experience. Uh, Nick and Rebecca, can't say their last name. Schmelov? That's close enough. Okay. Great. Younger couple, no kids. Absolutely. Yep. We got Jessica and... Um, Matt. Matt McQuaid, who just had a baby today. Congratulations, oh, Jessica wow. and Matt. It's so another happy. girl, right? Yeah, another third girl. <laughs> Great couple, but also their family that's from here. So they have a lot of connections. But again, they're a little younger than us. We had almost four or five different generations, or not generations, but decades worth of couples with a wide variety of experiences. And Father literally came up with those. And so I think it was Holy Spirit working through him there. 
And then all of them said, yes, let's, we would love to meet. We had a meeting last January, 2020. Everyone was excited. We had a potluck, opened it up to the parish, did a survey to see if there was still an interest level. People were excited. People wanted to be involved. They wanted to be engaged. We had about 20 different couples come to the first potluck and I think it was a great time. So, and from that, we did more surveys and then had a second meeting planned here at Slancha the Pub, but that was the day Things got shut down. The day sports died. Was it that day? <laughs> yes, it was. I was in Vegas that day. It was oh. it was bad. <laughs> People in the sports book were like <laughs> looking for the tops of buildings or something. It was it was really, really bad. So just I just want to key in on something. You know, you said father said something that said when people come to you, it's too late. Yes. And it happens all the time. I mean, Catholics aren't the divorce rate for Catholics is not any less probably right. than they than the average anywhere else. See, for me, the, the experience is kind of sad, you know. They they always want priests to do a, like a, a magical potion, dabba dabba do, and all of a sudden everything walk away. And and by the time, you know, we sit down, then, you know, I have to have it come to Jesus talk. It's already broken. So that's why, you know, when Barbara and Eric brought this idea up, I said, perfect. That we, I want to make sure we become a preventive, you know, Marriage is supposed to be fun, right? And it, it's sad. Every time I, I preach, there was a wedding I celebrate and I preach about it. You know, there are more jokes, poke fun at marriage than actually celebrate how beautiful it is. You know, it's That's kind true. of tragic. And it's like, who the hell want to get married? <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful thing, and, but nobody talk about it. Nobody cultivated, you know, as priests, you know, we on retreat, we on support group, we do once a week, once a month, everything we take to make sure we on fire, we love what we do, nothing about marriage. It's the most beautiful, it's one of the greatest sacraments in the church to be exact, and it was sad. So when you two came in and I say perfect sucker, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's how it came about. And you guys witnessed the first meeting was powerful. It was a lot. See, y'all don't. Y'all, he didn't say it to you at the time, but he tells us behind the door. <laughs> I got a couple of suckers. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, right? You know, with with with, with Todd and, and Karen. You know, all of that is, is so powerful, and we have to share that. You know, when I was in, Pi- in, in Danville, I start a men's support group that, you know, how to be a dad, how to be a good father. So I got all the young guy seeking the older guy for mentor. Work out great. And now we have an opportunity to create the entire you know, relationship, man and woman, in that way. And, and it, it's God said, I'm telling you, it, it's a good thing. It's it's interesting because obviously we haven't had a marriage ministry at Saints Francis and John. There is a ministry at the Dias, the diocesan level, more of family life than marriage per se. But there's a lot of marriage prep and stuff. Dallas and I've been a part of that. And so when when you guys were talking about that, we we're like, hey, yeah, we we get we see all these couples coming in. We've not yet told one couple not to get married or anything. That just, that just doesn't happen, does it? Mm-mm. doesn't happen anywhere, right? Everybody's compatible when they come see us. They, they take the 100 and 
160 question survey and you can tell when they sit in the same room and fill out the questions together, right? You can see that. <laughs> uh, when they're like 99%. Yeah. Know, oh, compatible. wow. You guys are really compatible. Yeah. But, you know, marriage is so much more than that. And I, I think, I think Focus does do, that's the name of the program, Focus. I think it does do a good job of cultivating questions that, that engage couples haven't asked each other, haven't talked about. You know, and it could be some simple things like pets, how much money you want to spend on pets, right? You know, people don't really think about that a whole lot when they're getting married or when they're engaged, but that's a big problem. Like if Eric wants to spend a thousand dollars on his hunting dog, because that's, you know, it's his hunting dog. I should use Dallas in this example because he does have dogs, right? Do y'all have, have pets? <laughs> we do. Uh, we do. So, do y'all agree on how much money you should spend to save the life of a pet? <laughs> I don't yeah. know that we have a set budget, but we've had the discussion, yeah. yes. I heard, I've seen that on a sitcom, one of the, uh, uh, I think it was Last Man Standing. I don't know if you've ever seen that. The, the biggest argument in a married couple's life is how much money to spend <laughs> to save a pet, you know. The man's total was always lower than the woman's. <laughs> I'm lucky. Barbara's very practical in that respect. It depends on which dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's legit. She keeps trying to kill one of them. No, I'm not kill. <laughs> well, wish it did. I got two labs. What do y'all have? A, a, a lab and a beagle. The, the beagle adopted us when we were still in Oldham County. Uh, but he's too smart for his own good. He's, he's better now that he's old and lazy. But he, Oldham he, County. That's interesting. That's where Kelly's from. We yeah. and Kelly lived. Kelly and I lived there for a while, so we'll, we'll have to circle back to that. In part of the story, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll circle back on that. But which Another. dog does Barbara want to kill? Uh, it, it, the beagle. No, it's, let's it's get this straight. I, mean, I don't want to kill the dog. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be sad if you ran away. I can be over the top on occasion, but we do accuse her of that. They do. Everybody has one of those pets, right? We have a dog that now is we farm out to our youngest son in, in Louisville because he takes such great care of it. Oh, but so nice. much, yeah. And so when the doorbell rings or there's a dog or something on TV, we're in peace and quiet. It's really nice. Exactly. That's exactly the issue. It doesn't compromise. So, but you know, crazy about that. Yeah, young married couples don't talk about those types of things. They don't talk about a lot of times. They don't talk about money. What's what's the biggest thing you think they don't talk about when you when you're dealing with folks? Oh, I mean, just a whole whole lot of questions like that. Who's gonna Who's gonna not just the money, but who's gonna control? Who's gonna pay the bills? But in that focus thing we do, all them questions are in there, you know. But yeah, they're all in there, and they generally somewhat agree. You, what we try to do is spur conversation, right? And so. We just want to make sure that they're talking about. It. We know that nobody when they when you send us a couple, we know they're not they're they're going to get married, right? It is not not good. Has it ever happened? Have yeah. you ever, you've seen it happen? Oh yeah, yeah. We haven't seen it happen. Oh, not yeah. here. Has it happened here? No, it happened in Danville. There was a couple came in to with me and and I interviewed both of them and I said no, uh, because I can't stop them from getting married. Right, right. right. But I, I, you know, my, I'm very frank, straightforward. I say, I'll make a bet with you. You all will divorce in six months. I was wrong. Three months. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and it's kind of tragic. You know, the, the kind of thing for me, why this program is so important. Because we, somehow, couples, when they get married, and they, they become a, kind of a social media public, you know, at the wedding, make very beautiful and all that. And after the wedding is done, they shove into cocoon to themselves. You know, it's sad. They have no support system. You know, 
the thing you you be surprised you guys go through with your wife, just like they will go through their wife, and you two go through the same thing. But nobody share about that. You know, it's almost you on your own. It kind of, it, for me, from the church point of view, it's so contradict to the kind of life of communion life a husband and wife ought to live. Uh, you know? I mean, social media definitely. Yeah, it's reversed. It, it creates an image of marriage that's not accurate. You know, Except I, for Dallas. Dallas and Sherry, they never <laughs> argue, right? We you know, we've heard this a million times. I, I deal with 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 uh, you know counseling to couples. Dad, they are so lonely. You know, they have a partner, but yet they live so lonely for each other. It's tragic. So hopefully this program is not, you know, like I say, I, I want to push that. It's not about uh, high theology and things like that. About practicality, how to be there for one another, how to support each other, how to take each other out for a date. God, <laughs> somehow yeah. couple forgot about that. You know? yeah, Honey, if you're listening, uh, we're going to fight when we get home just to make Tim happy. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the one of the questions I I, I even look Sherry, for not me, not so me, Sherry. <laughs> uh, every engaged couple, the first question when the report comes back to me, I'll scroll up and and try to find, and I always make sure I bring this up and make it a point. The question is worded something like, um, "I hope after we're married, there's something about my spouse." I, I want to change, you know, whatever it is. And and quite a few of them, you believe, will say yes. And I, I, I make it a point to tell them, no. <laughs> when you say I do, however your spouse is, that's what you're getting. At the I do, you better be hoping that you can put up with that, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is you want to change, because they're not changing, you know. And you shouldn't. If if you you know if you don't if you wanted to change so bad then you say no I don't <laughs> not I do but, I always make sure I go over that but question. that is the heart of what Christian love is right seeking the good of others as other you know yeah. if Barbara say I love Eric you take everything about him good and bad yeah. good and bad you know that's what he is. Yeah, you know, oftentimes we want to change. Poor Barbara. Poor Barbara. Oh, vice versa for that matter. <laughs> it's, it's funny because uh, a good friend of mine uh, got divorced, and when he was going through the divorce, he came up to me and he said, hey, let's go out for a beer. So we went out for a beer. Wasn't here. Went out for a beer, and he said, you know, we just want our lives. I just want our lives to be like you and Kelly. You know, you guys never fight. And you know, he, he described my marriage to me, and I'm like, I'm out, man. That's not, and I'm not saying that everybody fights in their marriage, but there are disagreements, and you have to figure out how to how to problem solve, and and you also have to know that that marriage isn't perfect, and I and I think that's probably one of the goals here is that you want people to experience or be able to relate to people that that have gone through some some issues, whether they're younger or older, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's what we've tried to. We've had a lot of discussions about how to how to create the groups. We're you know we're going to look at doing small groups and mixing in larger events, but we're trying to be strategic about that to give. You know, and Father Lee mentioned it, and he did the same thing with with trying to help us form the leadership committee. I would call it. Um, you know, people with multiple generations, different life experiences. That way, you can rely on each other. So, and, and it is like Father Lynn said, very much. That's not necessarily about theology or scripture readings. That we're going to try to incorporate some of that. It's about building a community, building relationships so that we can help each other in times of need. I mean, we all go through different things. Like you said, nobody's got a perfect marriage. 
And then, and then it's, we're not trying to sit up here as leaders of the committee trying to say, hey, be like us. Oh, we're it's certainly not. Yeah. Sh- share all of our faults. Yes. Share our stories and help everybody learn and benefit from that experience. So we're not alone, to your point. Like, well, and, and, in alone. a roundabout sort of way, I'd, I'd, I'd argue that you are trying to say be like us. And, and what I mean by that <laughs> is, you know, we know people have issues, right? Yeah. We know you have disagreements. It might be how you raise your kids. It might be about financial issues. It might be, you know, what mass you go to on Sundays, right? I mean, it, there, there's can be a lot of issues, but it's how to work through those issues and how to process those issues and not give up. We're, I mean, we're in a society today that just wants to give up on everything. Exactly. Yeah. Instant gratification, mm-hmm. right? You see the billboard. I think there's one up actually over here on Broadway. Divorce, $99. I mean, that's pretty easy. That's pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty cheap. And, you know, that's what people in this culture are trained to. And, and even there's, there's now a propensity for people to say they don't even want to get married at all. Mm-hmm. To your point, what you were talking about with marriage and what a beautiful thing it is. And I think that's what we need that we're called to be is witnesses to what Christian, Christian marriage is, is all about. Absolutely. I think that's a huge thing that can, and not only, I mean, we talk about it in your, the Lumen Gentium quote where the fam, the church of the family is the home right. church, mm-hmm. the domestic church. And, and, and that starts with the married couple. So who are we to, um, deny that God is calling us? It's, it, marriage is a vocation and that sacramental marriage, we are able to bring forth God, you know, it is a beautiful thing in that he's in the midst of this and in the Trinity of us is God's at the pinnacle. And when we can rely on him and rely on each other, uh, it allows for a beautiful growth and, and a way to parent, a way to be a good friend, a way to be good in the community. And how can we share that? And so that's kind of what we felt like we experienced in that small group. I don't know if you want to share some of the things you felt like we got out of it. This was at the small group at the other church. Correct. Yeah. 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 First, can you tell who's getting their master's in theology? <laughs> I was going to say there, <laughs> Barbara threw out some pretty, I won't say high theology, but pretty on the scale. It was above that, five. That, that might have been okay. Dominican training. That's right. Okay. Dominican train. I'll keep it down. Sorry. I was, I was spellbound, spellbound by that. And I'm not sure that I can, Bring do, us back down. Do your best. <laughs> do you know what the question was? No, I don't remember. The question. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking back to our, our the berries are in the house. Whoop. Talking back to our our small group with Matt and Ashley. Yes. Um. But, uh, to us, the biggest benefit was one that it was an intimate group because uh, you've got you've got to build a comfort level with other people before you're going to be willing to be open about perhaps the dark side of your marriage or the things you're going through, right? You're not going to share that in a group of 50 people, most likely, unless you're a very, very open person. And most of us aren't going to be like that about our relationship. So it's develop, developing int- intimacy, being Christ-focused as part of that, um, and, and really kind of building those relationships so you can so you can bury your souls or the soul of your marriage a little bit. That way, because you, you can't really help build each other up unless you show vulnerability. So it's, to us, it's really about about trying to build that here. No, and I, and I think that's 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 part of it, right? You have to have you, your marriage has to be based on love, first of all. But when you're in a in a small group, you bring love, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in that setting too, you also bring your faith, right? You share certain morals and ethics, hopefully, yes. when you're meeting in a Christian Christian group. And this was a Christian, yes. non denominational Christian yep, crossroads church. Yeah. Yep. So, you know. That's one of the things you know that I that I see with with uh, younger people today. I could be more specific, but I won't be, just because 
they might be listening, but uh, <laughs> what I see with young people today is that that they don't have that foundation of Christ and what that means, not just in in your life, like what's the purpose of life, but also in 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 marriage, and, and not trying to get high theology or anything, but it's something that when you have a belief where both people believe in Christ then when there's difficulties, you can go back to that love, that foundation, and call on that to help you go through, cycle through the problems. And that intimacy happens. It doesn't mean it's perfect all the time, but it does happen inside the marriage. And then when you've got somebody outside, obviously that was that was something that really triggered something for you guys. Yeah, yeah we were inspired by it, to be sure. Inspired meaning? And, <laughs> inspired to, to try to replicate that here. And again, we're not trying to copy necessarily what they're doing, but to to try to share that experience and, and build this foundation. And to me, it's, it's part of building our community at St. Francis and John too. It's not, you know, marriage is the focus, but um, I think one thing unique about our, our church and our school is that the school connects a lot of families and people, but outside of that for, for couples, it's, it's a bit hard to get connected. I think with, you know, especially now, obviously with COVID, yeah, but even, COVID even, even there, under normal circumstances, you go to mass, you go home. Um, maybe you get involved in Knights of Columbus, which is great for men. Uh, I know there's the, the double nickel club, but again, it's for couples in Todd and Karen, a perfect example. We were, when we came in, you move in, you don't know anybody. Um, so it's hopefully again, not just building and supporting marriages, but helping build and support our community so that we, we, you know, connect new people they introduce, make introductions, um, just keep building that foundation. But that, that's the piece, Eric, is. Oftentimes we say, okay, we have marriage, we have a single, we have a church, we have non-church. But the fundamental ground in the church life is marriage. Because marriage brings communal good, right? Yeah. It brings us together, okay? If, if, if uh, your family, husband and wife, so happy with each other, naturally the church be happy. You know? Yeah. You know, if, if if Todd and Karen be happy with one another, the moment they come to church, you could not help but be but infecting those who want to be that way. Yeah, that totally we call agree. it the discipleship of live witness. You see, it, it kind of built together. You know, if if I'm a priest, I hate it and sucky and shitty. Forget it. People will say, I don't want to go to church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you go to church, you sit next to a couple. They bickering each other. You said the hell with it. I move on. Yeah, you're not going to talk to them, right? No. But the other day, I, I was somebody referred to me. There was a couple being here probably three years now, and they could not find way to connect, and they almost want to move on. You know, in other words, quit calling the church. That isn't it. Yeah. But it, it, so therefore, you know, this this ministry I think is very important. It's a conduit that that drawn people closer, and. and it is just that's what we we meant to be. That's what Christ is, right? Beyond anything, eternal life, resurrection, all of that good stuff, it pointing to being with each other. That's it. Yeah, and we that, and we want this to be a solution for people like that to come into the parish. Mm-hmm. We want we want to it help helps welcome them in, right? Yes. And we used to have a saying here: one of the consultants that we hire, uh, belonging leads to believing. believing. You know, and so when you have a sense that you belong to something, whether that's, you know, school, the school for us, for our parish is a big part of that, right? Parents get 
hooked or they get their kids involved and there's a lot of good families in there and that's part of it. But then they go off to high school and then they're like, okay, now we're, yeah, it's a smaller window. So, you know, it, it, I think this is a good way to bridge, bridge that gap for sure. So that's a great idea. I'm feeling some pressure, more pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no if, pressure. If it fails, it's your problem. Man. God is in control. It's okay. <laughs> That's important, right, Bob? And you know, yeah. in the end, God is in control. That's right. We we make sure, as Saint Francis say, make sure I become a good instrument of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect conduit for that good news. Just just like a homily, right? It's not our homily, is it? Mm-hmm. It's God's. It's God's homily. So. Don't complain to him instead of us. And if this doesn't work out, don't don't blame Eric. <laughs> blame, no, blame don't blame God. me either. <laughs> uh, do y'all um, just just for married couples, or could engaged couples come to, come to? We have talked about that, and again, I think it's important to note that this is as a newer organization or group ministry. It's it's organic, and and it's. It, there will be changes as we grow and develop and, and how that works. And that is something that we've talked about for sure, it, that potentially some a couple who's engaged, who has a marriage date on the calendar, that perhaps they could benefit from that. It'd be a great lead into them maybe continuing and, and building relationships with other couples in the church. One, one of my, my pet peeves, I need to launch this too, any young couple that go through prep, marriage preparation with me, one of my expectations sure you have a mentoring couple well that's absolutely something we could yeah. be, that could be a part it, of it. exactly sure. yeah so therefore you know i say here's a list of great couples i want you to know them and select them as mentoring i, I get an easy benefit for me to use like the ministry to promote that how many of those great couples do we have oh we got plenty the problem we don't share we don't talk about it you know I'm sure no Linda and Jason are a great couple, but we, we never tap into them. Great couple is not, you know, like you guys. You guys have been, husband and wife, been through a lot. Oh, oh yeah. To hang oh, out. yeah. <laughs> well, not Dallas. But Dallas, that, that smooth. Is oh, we have a Flanders over there, too. Hey, That's look a great at couple as well. So, anyhow. I mean, there's, I mean, we I, I kid Dallas because just that. But, you know, you've been through a lot. Heck, we, we, we. He's kind of my my mentor couple, right? We talked to we have we have a support church. We talk to each other about things, and a couple every couple needs that ability, and to, and the ability to me to do that inside your faith, just because of the shared values. Because you can go get. I mean, it's the first thing. Like when somebody says, "Hey, I want to go get counseling," first thing I do is tell them to call Catholic Charities because I don't want them just to go to talk to somebody just you know some secular random person because they're not going to get the teachings of their faith. They're going to get steered in a direction that the secular world wants them to go. And a lot of times that's, that's the quick out, like we talked about earlier. So. Yeah, for me, this, this ministry have a great potential. Uh, like Barbara said, it's a great organic as she grow into the character of what she meant to be. And for me personally, our parents, we have a lot of young couple, so many young that are so busy trying to raise kids that they end up forget about relationship oh that's dangerous yeah i was gonna say that earlier when somebody says something about going on dates tim or dallas but we've talked about that and we have a hard time with it mm-hmm. and our kids aren't even that young anymore but unless you specifically try to make that a, a goal or a focus of your relationship it just you get to a point in life when you've got young kids it just doesn't happen and it's 
you know, your relationship suffers because of it. Yeah. You forget about each other, focus on the kids and their life becomes a priority. But honestly, part of that small group situation for us was it made us have a date night. So we would go out to dinner beforehand and have dates to ourselves and then go to the group time away from our kids. So it it forced it, it, which was, we we almost needed that because it's otherwise you just, well, we tend to put our kids just almost. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, (laughs) Oh, there's this activity and this activity and Friday night and we're exhausted. But (laughs) But it's so important. And you got, as parents, we're training our kids how to be married. You know, we may not even think of that, but, you know, they're, they're, they're watching they're what watching. we do. And, you know, how even, does dad treat mom? How does yeah. mom treat dad? I mean, and even when, when folks do get to the point where they're divorced, to me, that's the most important point. That's some of the things I shared with some of my friends that have gone through divorce is that, you know, your, your sons and daughters are going to learn how to treat their spouse, their future spouse, based on how you treat their mother or their father. They're watching you. And if you're doing that from a faith-based perspective, you'll you'll plant a seed, hopefully, that will mature and grow and, and prepare them for marriage down the road. But it's just as important no matter where you are in your marriage, even if it's if we're talking about it ends in divorce, it's still important to be faith-based and portray that that out. But there's a piece I want to throw it out. When I work with uh, I was a director on goal formation for clergy, for priests, not deacon. That they need a lot of help, but that's beside the point, right? <laughs> you showed up for a meeting? Uh, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm done with that, but there is a program, we call it uh, Father Ron Nard from Louisville, developed a program called the Intentional Perspiturate. We have to be intentional. Was a, there was a lady, forgot her, the, the author, she wrote a beautiful book called The Intentional Discipleship. Marry something. You have to have an intentional. Because if I truly love you, I have to intentionally love you. In other words, everything I do, everything I commit to, had to have an intentional. It's not a random act of sporadically, you know, a, a disaster. So, you know, for it to last, for you to be joyful, it has to be intentional. That's why with this program, I like it when you say, oh, yeah, now we have a date night. That's intentional. Yeah. You know, for me, it's my secret how I'm able to pray through the day. My iPhone is my best friend. I program onto it when she say ding, ding. It's time to pray. Time to stop and pray. Five minutes. No biggie. You know? We have to have intentional or else this world is going to eat us alive. And it's already did. Right? And, and so keep on, keep on, keep With on everything pushing. in life. I mean, that's everything yeah. in life, right? So let's, let's talk a little bit real quick about formation of this marriage ministry small group big group what's what's your thoughts how's it gonna work so the survey showed that most people were interested in small group on a monthly basis and potentially larger groups on a quarterly basis so uh the team uh, the committee has kind of met and decided we're going to move forward with small groups and putting those together and we have a list of people who are interested back in 2020 that we're going to reach out to that may not have been in touch with us since and then we have a new list of people who took the survey because we read sent out the survey since the things have changed a lot and, and taking those responses and uh, Nick and Rebecca are great at all that computer stuff and kind of made graphs for us. It was great. So we could see really what people are interested in. So we're moving forward with creating small groups. We have some leaders, people who are interested in being small group leaders that we are in the process of training. Um, so last 
about, about a month ago, Tim was able to come to one of our committee meetings, which was a, a kind of a practice run of what a small group will look like. And then this weekend, we have some of our potential leaders coming to also observe and, and take part in what a small group will look like. So, Tim, I'd love to hear kind of, you know, what, what did you experience from that small group? Experience? No, I mean, I think I think the structure of that is, is good. I mean, your icebreaker was was really good. Uh-oh, there, there we go. Your icebreaker, I think, is, was important. And I think that's one of the things when small groups, I'm always reminded of, of uh, Dallas and I's previous spiritual director, Father Bob. He always just talked, when he heard small group, he used to run and hide. Because oh. there's a lot of people that are, are, are sure. af- afraid of that. They'd rather be in a big group and not have to contribute. But in this case, you want people to contribute. They, ha- they have to feel comfortable with that. And that's an important part of it, right? That that And you talked about that intimacy, that relationship. And that's not something you just form Right from the beginning, right? It, it's going to take some time to do that. But I, I felt very comfortable. And Kelly, I, you know, I'll speak for Kelly because I don't think she could get her stream to work tonight. So I'll speak for her. She'll watch it later. What did you say for my computer stuff? Yeah. She's, you know, I, I think she felt comfortable, which is, which is important for me, uh, you know, because she, uh, she says I'm the extrovert and she's the introvert. So, you know, and that happens in a marriage, right? You know, one, one person is either more outgoing versus not, et cetera. But they both have to feel comfortable and they have to develop a relationship and that takes, that takes some time. But I, I, I think the focus on, on prayer, a big part of it has to be prayer. I know when Dallas and I first talked about this, you know, and we met for breakfast one, one morning where we talked about that and, you know, Dallas said, Hey, we are going to, you know, we, we do want to talk about what the teachings of the church are, right? It's going to be based on the teachings of the church, which is important, right? Catholic teaching is important is an important part of any ministry that's going on in this church. So I'm excited about it. I, I think it's, to me, COVID has caused a lot of issues with families, adults trying to interact with each other, right? We've been basically told to stay home, isolate, even though we're out here, out here at a bar drinking, <laughs> drinking beer, but that's, that's different, right? Than, than it has been. And, and I think a lot of relationships, kids have relationships. You might see people at a sporting, you know, another couple at a sporting event, but that's different. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting people engaged to talk about what, what being a parent is about, what being a spouse is about. So I like, I like the structure. I think it's positive. So we're going to, we're going to follow that and kind of definitely touch on Catholic teachings. Uh, what is a sacramental marriage and what does that mean? But break it down in, in a more realistic way and, um, you know, keeping it ground level that, Hey, this is what a sacramental marriage means. Maybe define that, but, but how does that work in your life? Right. You know, what, what is, yeah, what do you do for each other? How do we, we don't want to make it too formal either. No, no, again, go back to the, the point of intimacy that people aren't going to, you're not going to, you want people to feel comfortable and open up. And if, if it's a, if it's a very formal structured meeting every, every month, uh, I think it's going to be harder to accomplish that. It'd be like the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a knight? You're not a knight. Are you a knight? No. You're, no. you're on the list. I'm on the list. <laughs> you're on the list. You're on the Believe short me, list. I might have been on their list. Not, not a knight. Wait, who's, knight. In, who's in charge right now? Who do I knight. Know? Okay. I'm not a charge. knight. Who's I'm in charge? You're in charge. I've, yeah, but we want to wait till June first, the July first. That's right, you know, July first. I've, I've been scheduled like three times. And they all got canceled. So, but it's online now. Last one was COVID's fault, though. Yeah, you go from first to third, right? Boom, like that. So, did you know that they, we changed all those? I know. I'm the last one to be informed. He doesn't know. So <laughs> that's that, what the deacons told me actually when I approached them about the marriage. They said, "Well, they he doesn't tell us anything." Huh? He's on his phone. Oh, he's distracted. It's like a teenager over there. No, it's it's it. They only 
information to communicate by when I need them. Oh, okay. I don't want need to confuse them and distract them. He needs me a lot. <laughs> Dallas, I'm playing golf. Can you do work in community? <laughs> that does. That only happens every once in a while. Though. Every once in a while. Uh, not that often. Slow down on the course. Now, the next time uh, you're coming up with a meeting and you want to promote it, we need. We really need one of you to come up before Mass on that little porch we have there and promote it because when we promote it, it just basically gets red, okay? <laughs> and I'll admit we don't do a very good job. We need y'all to really push it really well. We did that once last year, didn't we? Yeah, right, right before, before the right before I, the, I do right remember before that. the day and sports I, ended. And why not? And I actually remember Kelly actually remembered that. So she said, hey, I think that's something I want to be a part of. So. Okay. No, I mean, it, it does, you know, they see us all the time. So you gotta well, kill, I, kill the flies first, please. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We did see that on TV. Actually, they were swarming. We could, we could see it, but we, I will say that because of COVID still right now, most of the people indicated on surveys that most were interested in in-person small group, but not necessarily a large group yet. So to start with small groups, we can still promote the ministry and let them know it's happening and to reach out, well, here's the, what, who you contact to be, get a part of a small group. Um, but those will probably start within the next month or so. Uh, but as far as a larger group event, we talked about doing a refocus kind of thing with the deacons. Uh, but again, that might be a few months out still. Yeah, are you certified in refocus? Refocus. refocus. I, hey, maybe, I've taken one. I don't know that I'm Maybe certified. we could have a small group here at Slancha. Right, Slancha, Slancha, yeah. the pub. Just call it the pub. That way you can't screw up the pronunciation. It's the pub. Small group, even larger. You seen the pavilion out back? I mean, yeah. that'll hold a lot That's of people, brilliant. right? Nice. And Steve and I talked about this before. Next time we do a live show, we're going out there because Ooh. they don't have an elevator here, and like, there's a lot of boxes and stuff up here. But no, I mean, it's it's getting a small group in an environment that works, right? And yes. sometimes that might be at the pub. Sometimes it might be at somebody's house, right? Right. Right. And the idea, I think, was kind of rotate houses, but each group can design that themselves. So, you know, we're, we want to empower the groups to kind of give them a guideline of things to say and follow and read through and pray together, but also empower them to make their decisions. You know, when you want to meet, where you want to meet, how that operates. Some groups may need babysitting situations. <laughs> some may not. Oh, I thought you meant babysit the people in the group. <laughs> that too, probably. But no. Uh, so, yeah. They, yeah, there's some people. I saw the sign up list. There are some people on the list that need. Some babysitting. <laughs> we'll put them in your group, Tim. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Gee, thanks. You have more authority as a deacon. No, I have no authority as a deacon. I just do what he tells me to do, right? Isn't that how that works? You tell us what to do and we go do it, right? So, And we never dispute it, right? That's right. We never argue. Publicly. Publicly. <laughs> we agree 100% publicly. Oh, good. <laughs> we have a good relationship for sure. So, hey, we want to talk just, we want to thank uh, Matt and Ashley for letting us uh, come up here to the upper room. We didn't mention that at the beginning. You've blessed oh, yeah. this room, I think, didn't you? This upper room is unique. It's, uh, if you, I don't know if you all know that prior to Catholic establishment here, there always a priest, a, a traveling priest, stay here, and he does, he did mass in this space right here. The upper yeah, room. The very, upper room. very first mass in Scott yeah, County, right? Scott County is right here. So we have a privilege to came here when, when uh, this place opened up, and we have a bless of this place. Extra blessings in this room. Interesting that they, they're because they're non-denominational Christians, right? Correct. Yes. And they asked a Catholic priest to come bless the room. Hey, what's that mean? Was there was there something, <laughs> was there something here that they, 
Could be was some there something demonic, going on in his room that they wanted to get out? Some demonic. So hang on in there. Matt and Ashley, obviously, COVID hit them pretty hard, right? You know, they they like most small businesses and restaurant businesses, they struggle. Bars, same thing. So um, support the pub. It's a great place, great atmosphere. They got you know one, two, three, four, five rooms plus the outside, the new pavilion. Uh, come out and support it. Support them because they support us. We've had other things up here. You had uh, had a night out here with a was it a Presbyterian or Anglican? What was that? Y'all had that. Uh, oh, oh, oh uh, theology uh, and the, theology yeah. and drink. Yeah, doctrine and drinks. Maybe that's what out it on was. the patio. Out on the patio. That was good. What was that guy's name? Don't remember, do you? Raspberry. Raspberry. Todd Raspberry. Todd. What is he? What faith is he? Presbyterian. Watch out for those Presbyterians. Dangerous. <laughs> so we're gonna have to have you back because I want to hear the conversion story. Ah, yeah. So, how, how, real quick, how long were you married before the oh, event? Math. How long? What's our? We were long? married thirteen no, years. Thirteen. Yeah, but he oh, went. Bravo. He went to I was math. Do the backwards math to get there. Well, I was faster this time. <laughs> He's usually better at math's math. That's not her strong point. Yeah. But we were, he went to mass with me even when we were dating. So uh, all through when we were dating, yes. and then once we were married and had kids, he we we so began mass about fifteen years before I. Trigger. 15 years. Wow. So <laughs> a slow conversion. <laughs> That's not the record. I was married about 28 years before <laughs> my wife converted. 28 years. Some people are more stubborn than others. But that happens a lot, right? It does happen a lot. There's a lot of families in this parish that, that have had that happen, right? That have had. You know, spouse that's not Catholic goes to mass all the time. Yeah, but nobody asked them. There's still a number mm-hmm. of couples, couples that are interested and they're going to be part of this group where one of them is not Catholic. Yeah. They still go to mass every week. I know. I told them already. I say, <laughs> I will not leave this place until you, you all become Catholic. <laughs> and then we yeah. need to make sure everybody. I think there are two more couples that I mar- will work on. If they're not married in the church, we need to get them married in the church too. That's right? right. That's right. So maybe we could have like a mega. We did, we did um, get married in the church at least. So. Yeah. We're but, legit. But uh, <laughs> I, we are legit. Yeah. I, I can't be pretty stubborn Check. though. So if she'd been pushy about it, it might have been twenty eight years was for you, me. But, was you baptized when you got married? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So you didn't. So you didn't have to get baptized. No, I didn't right. have to get baptized. There you go. There you go. That's a big question. Because my wife wasn't baptized, so we didn't. We had a. We got married in the church. It was valid, but it wasn't sacramental. Okay. Until she was baptized. Then what happened? It became sacramental the moment she was baptized. Didn't have to do anything else, right? So there's a whole show on that right there, right? Because there's a lot of people like that in our church, yeah. right? That that think they're married in the church that may not be. Oh, believe me. When they send the kid to baptism, I say, uh, how come you've not been married in the church? I don't know. Ask back here. <laughs> you know, there's there's specific rules. <laughs> We're Catholic. There's lots of rules, right? That's what sets us apart from everybody else. So, so yeah. So we'll have you back. We'll learn a little bit more about the, the conversions. Who baptized you? Or Sorry, who confirmed you? Who confirmed me? Yeah. Me. Did you be like, did oh, he? He got did oil. He, in his <laughs> did, he, did he have a candle while you were doing that? <laughs> fire how long, how long no, I did not that? catch on fire. Three, yeah. uh, three that, years ago. Three years ago. That three did happen. So I, I mean, we were probably there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That happened at Easter Vigil, this, this past Easter Vigil, a little. And thankfully, it was not four hours. Oh, there was a, 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 <laughs> oh, there was somebody a fire. Somebody did catch on fire? They caught their hair on fire, yeah. There was, there was fire. In the fire, first pew, lady in the first pew. Fire and Young smoke girl. in the. <laughs> it was, it was, it was smelling. I mean, the whole oh. church smelled of <laughs> singed hair. <laughs> That's an awful smell. It yeah, is we have a, a good story of someone catching their hair on so, fire, too. But. 
right before confirmation event, I leaned over and I said, have them blow out the candles. <laughs> before you, you know, he likes to pour it oil, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> not good, not good. So we'll, we'll have you back. We'll talk about that. We'll have, we'll have you back, too. We'll talk about how it's going, right, and yeah. what, we, Great. what we need. And if anyone's interested, please do reach out. I mean, there's reach out to anyone on Facebook here, put a comment in the post if you want to, or you can contact Eric or I or anyone on the team. We'll get that information out because we'd love to have more people engaged or involved. If you haven't heard about the marriage ministry yet, or if you have specific questions or concerns, please let us know. Uh, we'll have someone reach out for sure and get you involved. Absolutely. And we want as many people as yes, involved for as sure. possible. Can't be too many people. No. So. And hey. one of the things I know, a question that someone had brought up was, you know, what if I'm in a group and it doesn't work out or I don't feel comfortable or, uh, you know, we're going to go into this with no expectations in that you can come and join a group. And if you don't click or fit with that group, it's okay. We'll, we're going to make it an easy Rage, transition yeah. right? to be able to, to join a different group and, and transition so that you don't feel stuck. You're never going to be required. Again, it's very organic and we're very much, it's an open and flexible kind of thing. Yeah, so if you don't like Ohio State fans. <laughs> don't be in our group. That's it. <laughs> You're not allowed. That would, no. that would be a good learning experience or, for you. Or, or Kovach, right? Are, He's you both Ohio Ohio State. Yeah. Are you both Ohio State fans? Yes. Yeah. He's an actual grad, but I'm, I'm like four generations of my family were there. So. I'm one of the few in this area. I, pull, I like Ohio You're State. Right. I mean, oh, Kentucky better, but, you know, I'm not one of those that hate Ohio you State. You just jumped to number one in the Deacon rankings that I've been <laughs> I had a gentleman I worked with for years at, at Toyota that uh, we called him Buckeye. He went, he never missed a – he went to a Ohio State football game for years. Never, And he was from uh, – I think it might have been the Louisville area. Louisville. Well, yeah, because they don't have a good football program in Louisville. <laughs> so that would make sense. Not known as a basketball school. Ohio State? Oh, yeah. Ohio I mean, State. we were better than Kentucky this year. Well, I mean. that, that, so, was, <laughs> so was everybody else. I mean, it's COVID. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> So we lost Oral Roberts. <laughs> well, there's that. Oh, you lost Oral yeah. Roberts. We won't hold that against you. Hey, let's. You ready for a Saint of the Day over there, boss? So look, we're gonna take a short break, but you're gonna hear about Saint of the Day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for April 9th. Today we celebrate Saint Casilda. Some saints' names are more familiar to us than others, but even the lives of obscure holy persons teach us something. And so it is with St. Casilda, the daughter of a 10th-century Muslim leader in Toledo, Spain. Though a Muslim, Casilda showed special kindness to Christian prisoners. When she became ill, Casilda was not convinced that any of the local Arab doctors could cure her, so she made a pilgrimage to the shrine of San Vincenzo in northern Spain. Like so many other people who made their way there, many of them suffering from hemorrhages, Casilda sought the healing waters of the shrine. We're uncertain of the nature of the ailment that brought her to the shrine, but we do know that she left it relieved of illness. In response, Casilda became a Christian and lived the life of solitude and penance, not far from the miraculous spring. Through her quiet, simple life, Casilda served her Creator, first in one faith, then in another. It's said that Casilda lived to be a hundred years old, dying around the year 1050. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Saint Casilda. 
Haven't heard that name around in a while, have we? Live hundred years. Hundred, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, she lived to be a hundred years old. So, hey, that's something for somebody for sure. So, any questions? I know it was kind of uh, laggy. Did yeah, y'all see going, that? They're going in and out. So, yeah, watch the replay. The replay. It'll be perfect. It'll be ten eight. As long as Steve is recording, because I forgot to hit the record button on my side. So I hope you're recording over there. <laughs> okay, because if not. We're in trouble. <laughs> so, hey, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's fun. Glad you're here with us. It's good. It's really good. Anybody got any questions out there, the people that are here? Are y'all, y'all all we, sign we up? We have a person going, master's in theology, ask, ask away. Well, Linda have a question. <laughs> no, I said I signed up. She signed up. She signed up. up. Yeah. So sign up, people. That's what we want. The more, the better. Can't be too many. I thought, you know, one of the things we could add in there is like, because my home parish, what we did at once a quarter, we used to have anniversary dinners. Oh. So, like, it didn't matter if it was a golden anniversary, like a 10, 20, whatever. If your anniversary was in the previous three months in that quarter, you got invited to the to the anniversary dinner. And the best part was the pastor cooked the, the meal. That's a good idea. <laughs> so there you go. You're getting heckled. Well, give me a good kitchen. I'll cook for you. Oh, oh okay. everyone hear that. Build, Write it down. We're going to build a kitchen, right? Yeah, we are building a we're kitchen. We're going to build a kitchen. We're going to build a kitchen. <laughs> but I thought maybe what we could do, because I know Sherry's a good cook, maybe the clergy could work with Teamwork. the pastor to, to cook the meals. Wow. So this is a good idea. Us? Yeah. Sherry will talk when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was funny because I was telling Kelly that because I, I suggested that. She said, well, yeah, you'll say, well, Sherry Kelly's a great cook and she'll help Dallas out. And then you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think that's a good idea. Again, kind of, you know, celebrate a yes. part of marriage, right? That sometimes, you know, when you've been married as long as we have, another year, right? What do you, what'd you do on your last anniversary? I bought my wife a new Highlander. <laughs> well, I said, nice. okay. I said that was thirty. That was thirty nine. It's not going to get better for, for forty, so don't expect it. That's pretty good. That, that I mean, that's I that's pretty good. That. What What'd you do on your anniversary last anniversary? Gosh, I don't even remember. What well, was there COVID. you go. Probably watched a football game. Yeah, and that yeah, is we funny. went out, but I can't remember what we did. Yeah. But if we had if we had an anniversary dinner where we were celebrating those anniversaries, it would it would leave a lasting memory, and people would then yeah. say, "Hey, they would," and they would look forward to it, right? Yes. It would be be an important part. And of and and I got to tell you, when you make that big of a purchase, you still have to check with your spouse. <laughs> I called her at work. I said, "I'm at the dealership. Um, I'm getting ready to buy a Highlander. Is that okay?" <laughs> Sure. <laughs> if it was for her, it, it was, was okay. For her. She knew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's other ways to have a, a successful marriage too, besides <laughs> buying Highlanders, right? But that's pretty good. Pretty good. So, hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for you all coming. Hey, next show we're gonna have uh, a deacon, another deacon on the deacon show. His name is uh, Deacon Gary Rudemiller. He. Is was ordained with the Alice and I in class of 2016, and he's also one of the owners in Benedictus. Anybody ever heard of Benedictus? Raise your hand. Bookstore. They, they need help, right? They need our help because, you know, like everybody else, Amazon is winning the war. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have Gary on. We're going to talk a little bit about his faith story, uh, his calling his calling as a deacon, and also about uh, Benedictus. So join us in two weeks for that. Uh, if you got any ideas about the show, anything you want us to talk about, 
this was a great example. We had a meeting one time and we thought, hey, this would be good to put on the show. So great example. Uh, anything else going on in the parish, in the community, any people that you think have a good faith story or have a contribution to the community that you think people want to hear about it? Let us know. We'll get them on the show. Uh, I think this is episode 33. How about that? 33 times. 4,220. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve's saying every time it's something just a little bit different. You know, we're in this upper room. So, hey, support our ministries. Go to uh, ssfj.org, SSFJ, ssfj.org. Support not just this ministry. Yeah, you told me I was going to get some some sponsorship if I cut it back to twice a month. Remember that? You have a sponsorship. That was on, did, did anybody see that show? Casey said it on a show. I do? You have a sponsorship. Well, what's my budget? No budget yet. No budget, but I have, a, I have a when, sponsor. When we get a church built, you'll get a budget. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we will have a studio. Okay, 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 okay. 33 episodes. Support us, like us, hit the little bell, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. Tell us about a show. Donate, spread the word, all that good stuff. How about a blessing? Oh, on the great feast, uh, <clears throat> here of St. Joseph, we pray, almost chaste, St. Joseph, by your yes to the plan of God, you were united to Jesus through Mary, Beatrix of all graces. You were called by God, our Heavenly Father, through the Holy Spirit, to marriage with the ever-Virgin Mary, Immaculate, and to the adopted fatherhood of Christ the Son, be yes, O Saint Joseph, terror of demons, patron of universal church, and anchor of families, that you eat on our behalf and extend your protection to our own domestic families. Dispel all fears and confusion, guard us from all evil one, just as you guarded and protected the most holy family, we ask to defend our family here in Francis and John. Anchor us in the storm so we will be ever united to the most holy trinity just as you are for all eternity. God in heart, pray for us. We ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son. Amen. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph. Pray for, pray us. for us. Hey, until... Uh... Two weeks, two weeks from now, till we get back uh, back in the studio, I think is where we'll be. I'm Deacon Tim. I'm Deacon Dallas. I'm Father Lingwin. Good night, everybody. Okay, bye. Did you ever stop and think why spend too much time just getting ready? I don't know a single thing that I haven't done to make you notice me Let me be real here When I see you my heart starts racing But I don't know if I like this